in that moment, I saw this equation. Wow, I've been pursuing something to earn money to then do what I love. The, the role of creative musicianship, and the important thing is we, we, we must distinguish between And that is what is coming up on Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. So stay tuned. Now, here are two powerful words to change your life. What if? What if you do have what it takes? What if you can design your life? What if your crazy dreams do come true? You are here because you have a dream. You have a fire in your belly. You want to change the world and you want to lead the charge in the post socially distant era. The big question is this, how can ambitious people like us build our dream lives? This podcast gives you the answers. We have created the perfect community of the world's best minds who want to get things done. Survive and thrive in this uncertain world. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Hello and welcome to this new episode of uh, Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. I'm your host Manoj Agarwal and today we'll be talking with a very special guest, Neil Moore. So Neil is the founder of Simply Music and the creator of Simply Music Piano Program. Simply Music is the world's largest playing based music education institution with over 700 locations worldwide. Neil's methodologies are taught by licensed educators throughout the world and his self-study program caters to students across 116 countries. From his earliest years, Neil heard music and pictured it in his mind in terms of shapes and patterns. This relationship to music became the basis of his entire approach to learning and playing piano. And as an adult and a coach to traditional piano teachers, he had an opportunity to teach a young blind boy to play. Using his unique approach to music, Neil taught the boy through shapes and patterns and subsequently discovered that his playing-based approach could transform how quickly all piano students of all ages could learn to play. Uh, Neil is particularly uh, interested in contributing free education to addiction and rehabilitation clinics, PTSD clinics, youth at risk organizations, orphanages, penal institutions, and so on, as well as communities in developing nations who would otherwise would have not uh, got the access to the quality education of his programs uh, that his programs provide. Welcome, Neil. Manush, thank you so much. It's really nice to see your face and thank you for having me here today. Great to talk to you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Thank uh, you. So, uh, you have a very unique story and uh, you teach uh, piano uh, to students uh, throughout the world uh, and you have an interesting journey as well. How, how did you get started? I would love to know and the audience will love to know about your journey. How did you start uh, getting into music? It's a uh... It's been one of those things that I, I feel like I've belonged to my whole life. And I, uh, my, my mother said that I had a really unique affinity to music that was very different than my older, sister, uh, older siblings. I have an older sister and three older brothers. Uh, there's only seven years between the five of us. Uh, but she said that for me as an infant, if music was playing anywhere in the house, I would roll to wherever it was and wherever it was, I would just lie there transfixed. Of course, I can't remember that, but she said that there was a, a compelling relationship that I had with music. And each of my older brothers, we all began piano lessons at the age of seven. So, and there's only seven years between us. Mm -hmm. So by the time I turned seven, there were already music lessons going on in the home. And so I was around 
that daily lessons and daily practice and the daily playing and I, I no, no doubt that contributed to my relationship to music. But at about the age of four, maybe three or four was the first time that I can recall hearing music. Music was always being played in my home and hearing the music and seeing the melody line as a shape. Wow. I didn't think anything of it. It was just how it occurred to me. And, uh, and I would follow the melody lines and see the melody lines in, in, in terms of pictures. And when I began studying piano at the age of seven, my teacher would play and those exact same patterns that I had visualised in my mind's eye, I could see them across the instrument. And that's really how I developed my musicianship. I, look, I, I faked my way through music lessons. All my older brothers, they learned how to read and, you know, learned a more traditional relationship but I was intimidated by the page I didn't need it I thought it was confusing I had a strong ear for music and and I could see everything in terms of shapes and patterns the brain by design is a pattern seeking device mm -hmm. and so it was very organic for me uh, of course I always thought I was doing something wrong because I was supposed to be learning the real way learning how to read and so lessons were sort of traumatic for me. Even though uh, I had a wonderful teacher, I always was under the fear of, hey, is today the day when I'm going to get found out because I'm not reading? I would just sit in my lessons pretending that I'm looking at the page. And, of course, I wasn't at all. I was just reconstructing from my own approach, thinking I'm fooling my teacher. But he would go out to my mother and say, you know, Neil's not reading. He's just pretending to. He thinks he's fooling me. But thankfully, my mother said, yeah, but, I mean, listen to him play. Listen to how well he's doing. Just let him be. Let him do his own thing. And so I was given the freedom uh, from my teacher to just develop my own relationship with musicianship. I didn't know I had that freedom. I was always scared that I was going to get caught out for not reading. And it wasn't really until much later in life as an adult that I returned to more formal music studies. I didn't learn to read music until I was in my 30s, actually. Wow. Uh, I began studying more about music, knowing that I wanted to uh, pursue music, although not really sure how I could build a career for myself. Uh, professionally, I did a number of things. I owned restaurants in Australia for about a decade. And it was a strange thing to be mm, successful but unsatisfied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I struggled reconciling that because I would, uh, you know, buy a restaurant within a period of time. I'd take over an existing business, have built it up, established it. It was a more profitable business, more successful business, but I didn't really feel satisfied. My plan had been to do well enough to get into music you know, do well enough, young enough, so I could sort of retire and, and get into music, even though I didn't really know what that would even mean for me. Uh, not quite as many opportunities in Australia to develop, uh, you know, a really um, a higher level career in music. It's a more complex thing to do. But um, I got wiped out financially in the late, in like the, the stock market crash of 89. You know, 1990, it was a wipeout, complete wipeout for me. I lost everything. And uh, there was this one particular day in, in my, uh, when I was living in Australia, Melbourne, Australia, uh, where our house was being sold and the, there was a truck there to take our cars away. Going through the bankruptcy there was just a wipeout for us. And I had two very extraordinary moments. Um, in that moment where I, you know, our house was being sold, we had this auction board that they, the realtors had put up to sell on. And the truck was there taking away our cars. And I had this, I don't know, realisation, I suppose, that, hey, I'm losing everything that I have, but I'm losing nothing of who I am. Mm. 
And I had this experience of being completely whole and complete. And in that moment, I saw this equation. Wow, I've been pursuing something to earn money to then do what I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the first time, that, that just occurred to me as a, a broken equation. I just thought from this day forward, I'm going to do what I love. And if there is such a thing as divine design, and I, I mean, I don't know whether there is. It doesn't really matter to me whether there is or not. I just get a lot of value out of believing there is. And I thought, well, if there is such a thing, well, then a pathway will open up, which it did. And it led to me training how to teach music, a, a traditional approach, uh, I developed a reputation as a successful teacher and began training teachers as well. Wow. My wife had been an exchange student in the United States. She did her senior year of high school in the USA. And I had wanted to come to the United States. I'd always seen it as one of the, like the music epicenter of the world. And so after the bankruptcy and me beginning my music studio, we decided that we would uh, migrate to the United States and uh, pursue a music career here. I just knew that I meant to be. I was meant to be here. Awesome. And I, I set up a, a, a several studios. I had quite a number of teachers working for me, but it was really set up as a as sort of like a laboratory to demonstrate um, my efficacy as as a teacher and as a teacher trainer. And strangely enough, I got a call one day from this government agency, and they said we are working with this young eight year old boy who's blind. He's going to a hospital regularly to have procedures done on his eyes. We think we can restore his sight. It's a pretty tough time for him. We'd love for him to have an activity in his life. Do you think you could teach him music? And I just jumped at that opportunity, not even knowing how I was going to teach him. In fact, I agreed to take him on. And then it occurred to me, all I'd been trained to do was teach, teach people how to read music. Yeah. And there was just a moment where it occurred to me, hang on, when I was a child, I never read music at all. What was I actually doing? Mm. It had never occurred to me prior to that consciously. It was so organic, it was invisible. Uh And I sat down at the instrument and I started to distinguish and draw distinctions around what it was I was doing and bring language and descriptions and terms of art. And I thought, I bet I could show this boy how to feel his way through the shapes and patterns. And he was doing so brilliantly, so quickly. And I thought, well, because he's without sight, his ears must be really well developed and that's why he's doing so well. I'd been teaching him for a few months and I said to his father one day, are you happy with Wade's, his name was Wade, are you happy with Wade's progress? And his father said, well, we're not only happy with it, but Wade's teaching his four-year-old sister how to play and she's blind too. Wow. And that was just, uh, I didn't even know what had happened. I just knew in that instance something extraordinary had happened. It was like a crucible moment for me. And I suddenly thought, wow, what would happen if I, if I can teach an eight-year-old boy who's blind and he can turn around and teach his sister at four years of age and she's blind, what would happen if I showed this approach to typical learners? And um, I started sharing with students and I was seeing a completely different experience, completely different results. And I thought, well, I'm probably getting these results because this is so organic to me. I wonder what would happen if I could share this with other teachers. And given that I was already training teachers and had a reputation uh, and access to teachers to work with and train, I started sharing the concepts with them and they came back saying, we haven't seen anything like this. This is a really different experience. And students who were fighting to have to do their practice, now their parents are fighting to get them off the piano. Yeah. 
you know, do the homework or have dinner. And I just saw students of all ages suddenly start connecting immediately to their musicianship. And I knew that I had something. And so I went into a, a period of very high focus for a very long time. Firstly, to develop into a system of education, mm-hmm. and then into a system of training educators. That's something that I've, I think uh, I have an affinity with teaching. I think it's because of my own um, challenges learning. I struggle to learn. But as I go through the struggle to learn in a typical fashion, I find efficiencies. Yeah. And I, I discover a way to communicate those efficiencies so others don't have to go through the same rigor as I do. And so I, after developing it as a system of education, I then moved into developing it you know, as a teacher training system. And I wanted to set that up as a system where educators could remain self-employed. I could, having had a small business background, I had an understanding of uh, at least a, uh, a an adequate understanding of the mechanics of small business. And I wanted people to be able to have this program, uh, use it as a, a self-employment opportunity and uh, d- develop an income for themselves at whatever level they wanted to, whether that was very part-time or very full-time. And, you know, that was quite a long time ago now, but uh, as you mentioned in your introduction, thanks for the kind word you said too, but I, um, we have teachers now at... Um, 700 locations around the world. Um, our teacher base at the moment is across 12 countries, um, but we have a self-study community of students now across 116 countries, and mm. it's turned into this larger operation and larger enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Depending on which end of the telescope you look down, you know, from my point of view as a music teacher, it's a large organisation, but in the bigger scheme of things, we're still a small enterprise. Amazing story. That's uh, um, I, I want to, you know, point out a few things that are uh, that is very relevant, at least in these times right now. You know, one is like your teachers and uh, and your parents uh, giving you the freedom of of sort of exploring things, not following the conventional way. Uh, and I find uh, kids, you know, who are given that kind of freedom they they flourish really well. Um, and then uh, to your you know point of losing everything and then sort of uh, understanding that there's a, there's a different way and a lot of people are going through uh, some hard times uh, uh, right now and so this could be an opportunity to for uh, hyper growth you know for finding a new path and and uh, looking at what they are meant to do uh, so so that is very inspiring very um, relevant to what's going on right now and i uh, i want to vouch for your program as well i uh, you know when i met you last year I immediately enrolled uh, myself and my son into the program. It was a, it's a unique experience. Uh, you know, although we, we couldn't keep up, um, I plan to go back and uh, and learn. So it is a very unique way that you teach. So uh, I highly recommend anybody uh, you know who's looking to learn music, they should check it out. Now, uh, when I was learning music, you know, uh, this was the very first time in my life I had played an instrument, and even though you know I, I didn't learn. Uh, a lot, but I was able to play two or three songs. And I, as I was playing, you know, something in me shifted. Like, you know, I just started, um, I don't know how to explain it, but the, the rhythms of the music, it sort of, uh, it's, it sort of resonated with me at a very deep level. And obviously, you know, I've been listening to music all my life, but when I played it myself, that mm-hmm. was a totally different experience. So yes. can you explain what that could be like do you do most people experience something like that it's um it's a brief question but it's a really big question and uh there's there's a lot more about music 
that we don't know than what we do know, even though what we do know about it is really vast. Mm -hmm. The way that it's been taught for in in any country in the world where music's been taught formally, uh, there's there's an underlying approach. And the typical approach is we're going to teach students how to read music, how to decode all those symbols, and your ability to do that is going to dictate your ability to play. Uh, That's pretty much the prevailing approach. I would call that a reading-based approach. Yeah. And in that environment, music essentially is taught as a complex technical skill and it's taught as a math. Mm. And look, whilst music can be explained in the realm of math, it doesn't really live there. It lives in a whole other domain. And I'm mostly interested in that domain. And the not so much the reason for my passion, but the, the, the source of my passion for that uh, has come out of my own experience as well as what I've had an opportunity to witness over decades and having you know taught millions and millions and millions of lessons around the world. Here's some of the things that I've learned. Every single human being, without exception, is profoundly musical, deeply musical, naturally musical, everybody, even the people who think they're not, even the people who've tried and failed, even the people who struggled and worked through the traditional approach. The problem is not us. The problem is the means by which we're trying to connect to our musicianship. So one of the things about our program is not the, the power of this program not only comes about as a result of what it is that we do, but as importantly, what it is that we don't do. Mm. So it's critically important not to connect a person to their natural musicianship using math as the pathway. I see. And that's the way it has been done. To me, that's, that's one of the things that will, will guarantee a hard time. When you start getting into trying to quantify music mathematically and how to read the right hand and the left hand and all the notes on the on the page and having to concentrate on the correct fingering and half and whole and quarter eighths and eighth notes and sixteenth notes and thirty second notes, it's really complicated. Mm-hmm. And you know, to me, that's the, the brain is a single thought process device. And when you learn in that traditional environment, it engages a completely different part of the brain. It's very left brain centric, very quantifiable, very mathematically oriented, and, and uh, it focuses on precision of technique and execution. I'm saying let's just ask ourselves a question. The fundamental charter of music education is to equip the population with the ability to be musically self-expressed. Okay, guys, if that's the fundamental charter, we've been doing it a particular way now for 300 years. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? Do we have the population that are all musically self-expressed? Well, no. Well, do we, we, least, do we at least have most? Well, no. Do we have a healthy percentage? No. Well, what do we have? Well, we have a fraction of a fraction of a percentage of the population after 300 years. Mm highest failure rate of any taught subject. And yet at the same point of time, this system has created our wonderful, incredible, fantastic musicians. Yeah. But yet what we don't see is the casualties it's created along the way. So firstly, what happens in our program is we delay the math, we delay the theory, we delay reading, we want to connect you to your natural musicianship. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when you and I are walking, let's assume we're walking down the street. Mm -hmm. We've just seen a movie. We're going to grab a coffee. 
we're walking down towards the cafe. We're engrossed in a conversation. What did you like? What did you think about that? Gosh, this scene happened, that scene happened. When we're engrossed in that conversation, what we're oblivious to is that underneath the conversation, our feet are going left, right, left, right. So you and I are having a conversation and we're engrossed in the conversation and we're thinking about it and talking about it. Oblivious to left, right, left, right. It's perfect, natural, smooth, even rhythm. Mm. Or we pick up a toothbrush. Or we knock on a door. Or we applaud. Perfect, natural, even rhythm underscores all human gesture. Even the person who says, well, that might be fine for everybody else, but I haven't got a musical bone in my body. Mm. And I'm like, okay, correct. Let's have a look at that. So you've just told me, you've said, you said, if I understood you correctly, you said, I haven't got a musical bone in my body. So let's look at what you just said. But let's not concentrate on the words. Mm. Let's listen to the rhythm and the musicality. I haven't got a musical bone in my body. I haven't got a musical bone in my body. Da 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 da. I haven't got a musical bone in my body. Da 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 da. I haven't got a musical bone in my body. So you're trying to demonstrate to me, trying to communicate to me that you haven't got a musical bone in your body. But the only way you can do that is by speaking to me, demonstrating that you have a mastery over complex musical concepts. Yeah. What we want to do is we want to create, as I mentioned before, the brain's a pattern-seeking device. So we want to get all of the quantification factors out of the way and we want to focus on seeing music in a way that's homogenous to the brain, to every human being, shapes and patterns. We want to draw on the musicality that underscores your walking, that underscores your physical gestures, that underscores your talking, and all we want to do is channel it directly into the hands and be able to create a foundation of musicianship. And when people do that, that shift in experience that you talked about is because they connect with themselves in a new way. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Enormous impacts as a result of that. Yeah. And thanks, thanks for patient, being patient. I, I don't know how to give short answers. No, no, this is beautiful. I, you know, uh, uh, it actually uh, answered my question very well because that's exactly what I experienced, like some sort of resonance um, that was internal. And so very interesting point you brought up. So are you saying that, that if the music ed- education is sort of, uh, you know, um, we, we, we adopt a different way to teach music, that most of the population will be um, musically enabled and, and sort of play instruments and, and things like that? Yes. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm saying that. Yeah. I mean, look, it's uh, if you and I were to spend a day together and my role was to do nothing else other than to point out every time you demonstrate something that's musical. Mm-hmm. Within five minutes, you'd be going enough, enough, <laughs> too, too much. Yeah. We're so we're musical beings, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's in the design of the species. It's what really allows our functionality, and you know, it's but it's different now, Manoj. Um, the the role of creative musicianship, and the important thing is we 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 must distinguish between traditional reading based approaches because whilst the goal, the ultimate goal, is the same. Look, there are millions of great teachers out there and all they want is to bring music into their children's lives. The problem is that we're using methodologies that have emerged out of the dark ages and even though we've tried to modernise them, 
what we what we've missed out on is that as long as we are teaching students to read in the very beginning like reading as a means of learning how to play as long as we're teaching the math of music by design it it it, it uh, creates a bias <clears throat> towards the domain of the brain that that doesn't allow for natural connection to creativity and this becomes incredibly important because I'm of the view, particularly as we're all witnessing the arrival of a technological tsunami, mm. <clears throat> that it's not Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin that will be the currency of the future. The critical currency of the future is creativity. Yeah. And more than ever before, at this point now in the development of humanity, we need a breakthrough in creativity. And there is nothing that contributes to that uh, more so than creative musicianship. You know, there was a fantastic study that came out of Germany just recently, massive study. Um, and amongst its findings were some very simple things. The, the, the impact that creative musicianship has not only on cognitive skills, but non-cognitive skills, wow. intuition, yeah. mm, uh, attitude, uh, our general state of mind. Yeah. Underlying that, the second finding was that music learning impacts creative capability more so than any other form of art or sport. Mm. This is an amazing thing. And I, I think the application of this is very, very far reaching. Uh, of course, from the point of view, when I say that creativity is the currency of the future, which I absolutely believe that it is. You know, like yourself, you know, we are around lots of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And lots of successful, committed, professional people. And my experiences in having been around a lot of people far more successful than I am, running far, far larger organisations than I'm running, I, I see how they relate to their professional endeavours, pardon me, and their, the, the running and the managing of their businesses. We guard our time, mm -hmm. we schedule our time, we protect our time, we focus on our unique ability. We know that if we're going to perform at our best, we have to be at our healthiest. So we supplement and we hydrate and we have strength coaches and flexibility coaches and we do yoga and we meditate. We do all of these things that we think are going to support us and um, prepare us for our, our peak performance in our professions and in the running of our businesses. Yet when I look at what, what is the experience of the entrepreneur and the professional business person, and we could even boil this down to the average person in everyday life, mm -hmm. the ability to recognise an opportunity where others may not see it, that comes out of our creative capability. True, very true. The ability to say, I'm going to, this idea, I'm going to bring this to life and assemble everything that's needed. Yeah. The fuel that drives that happening comes from our creative capability. Yeah, yeah. When we are con confronted with breakdowns and problems and we want to not only resolve them, but resolve them in a way that open up new opportunities, that comes out of our creative capability. So my question to so many entrepreneurs that I meet is that given that it's our creative capability that allows us to see opportunities, materialize opportunities, 
resolve the breakdowns in opportunities and create new opportunities as a result, given that it all comes from creative capability, what activity have you also woven into the fabric of your life that's specifically designed to provide you with the critical neurological nutrition that, that impacts and develops creative capability? Yeah, and most entrepreneurs have not thought of musicianship as critical neurological nutrition that directly impacts creative capability. Yeah. So for me, whilst all those things of the past, music is great because it's such a great form of entertainment, which it is, and self-expression, which it is, and it's great for sharing with others, which it is, and it helps with math scores. Well, of course it does if music's been taught as a math course it helps math scores but there are so many other benefits that we've realized spatial relationship and developing iq etc etc but the time has come where we know what we know for sure the one thing that we can predict for sure about the future is we really don't have any idea what it's going to look like in five years yeah what we do know is that however it looks we are going to have to be on our a game and our a game is going to be fueled by creative capability so I'm of the view that anybody and everybody should be for their both the neurological health as well as the neurological nutrition as well as the self-expression and the psychological and the emotional and depending on your worldview, the, the spiritual expression, uh, creative musicianship is extraordinary and has a very unique role to play, not only in the world we're in, dealing with now, but you know, we have billions of people coming online for the very first time in the next few years. We're going to see the connectivity go from three and a half billion people to seven billion people. That in itself will change the world. And we've got an opportunity to make a contribution at a creative level that will impact our how we are, how we relate with one another, how we not only function in the new world, but how we flourish in it. That's amazing. Thank you so much for, for explaining it. Um, it really makes sense. Let's take a quick break for an important message from the Bootstrapping Your Dreams community. Get the support and insights you need for your business and life. Join our community, which is fueled by the same people who advise the world's top leaders and champions. Stay ahead of the curve. Join us now by navigating to bootstrapping.group. As you said, like we need to get that positive energy to be able to produce something in the world and, and music is a you know that that's exactly what i felt sort of what i was explaining earlier you know i felt that sudden sort of a, a jolt of energy inside now uh, as a follow-up question you know i have, uh, I have young kids and, and they go to school and music is sort of uh, you know it's taught as a as a like an optional thing which is like okay you know a mic, yes. let's just include it just for the for the heck of it right that's right do you think that we have deprioritized music just because of the economic sort of uh, zealous, um, uh, that zeal that we have, uh, you know, that kids need to learn math uh, and English and science, and get a job and, and music will be only for entertainment purposes. Is, is, that, uh, is that a factor, do you think, uh, in, um, in the world right now? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, the, the need for us to... to uh, have a platform of science, technology, engineering, math, critical to enable us to enter into the industrial era mm -hmm. and be able to function. And we needed to learn how to follow instruction. Yeah. Don't learn how to follow instruction. The machine will take your arm off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the world's changed so dramatically, but our system of education hasn't. Mm -hmm. So in the world where 
as we are confronted with the emergence of science and technology and engineering and math. The need for us to equip ourselves to be able to interact with that and flourish within that framework is very important. And particularly given that for so, so many people, learning music has been a terribly difficult, mostly a failed experience. The vast, vast majority of students that are learning music never really learn how to play. Mm -hmm. And so we've created certain myths that, oh, you've got to have a special talent or ability. Mm. You know, it's for those rare privileged artists, the creative types. It's yeah. for, for them, which is different than what we need to be able to build a global infrastructure and create an economy and be able to build industry that allows free enterprise to flourish, et cetera, et cetera. I get all that, but it's just not what we're dealing with now. I mean, that has served us well in traditional times, but we are far from traditional times, for heaven's sake. Yeah. This, this is a completely new era. And I, I, can, I perfect, can perfectly understand why music has been relegated to an optional thing. Yeah, yeah. And I can also understand why parents will say, hey, let's put our, our child in lessons and if they like it, great. And if they don't, no problem, we'll try the other optional extra. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see it that way at all. Not at all. It's, uh, we're, we're really discovering that um, creative musicianship has a unique role to play right across the board, uh, not only from the point of view of neurological development as a child, not only creative capability as we, uh, as we develop and, uh, and our ad adult pursuits, but also for mental health as we age. And, uh, and particularly given that we're now facing the possibility of having 120 to 150 years and beyond of healthy uh, living, uh, we need to be looking at what are those things that promote uh, brain development, brain growth, mindset growth, and experiential growth as well. Music keeps you young, man. Yeah, awesome. That's great. And I also want to touch upon your work with, uh, you know, uh, the work that you, you do with the uh, youth at risk and other mm -hmm. organizations. So how did you get into that? What inspired you to, uh, uh, you know, uh, help other people who, who need um, your help the most? Look, the whole thing has been a, a discovery. Uh, all of it's been a discovery. And so when I developed this program, uh, even though I told you the story before about it being, you know, the, the moment of conception was like with that young blind boy. I mean, the framework of this was embedded in me. I feel like I came down with the music app pre-installed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was sort of just like that was my iOS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just figured out an app to be able to use and, you know, fire up the iOS. But really that, that moment of uh, teaching that young blind boy to, to play, even though its very first application was with a child who was dealing with the daily complexities of, of learning differences, complex learning differences. That wasn't the intention when I developed the method. I wasn't thinking about that. And I had really been immersed in that world, in the, in the world of learning differences and complex special circumstances. I, I developed this thinking, wow, this could be great for all my existing students. Mm -hmm. And the teachers that I know it could be great for their students. And, and that became the basis. What we discovered upon application was that teachers, uh, parents would call a teacher and say, hey, I have a child that has ADD or ADHD or is on the spectrum or is dyslexic. Is this program going to work? Mm. For me, the only truthful answer to that is I don't know. I mean, I, I think if anything would work, it would be this because it accesses the brain so differently. Let's see what happens. 
And we, it was a discovery to see that, hey, kids who in their other subjects are demonstrating learning differences that people call learning difficulties. I see, I see. We don't, we don't see that in this environment. These, you know, uh, we were approached by a charter school and uh, this is a charter school that has a multi-age department and uh, in this multi-age department, uh, all the kids there uh, come from complex circumstances. Mm. Um, poverty, unemployment, you know, crime, parents absent in gangs, in prison, dead. Uh, this is in a school whereby the teacher's descriptions, these children typically achieve nothing. Mm. And uh, they came to me and said, could we introduce the program? And so we took on a project. The school had never had uh, a music program implemented, let alone like a concert or recital. Yeah. And so we said, let's take on a project. In eight weeks, we'll have the school recital, which we did, and every student played. Some of the care, the, the care providers to those children, in, and including their parents, some of them came along, had no idea that the kids had even been learning. And so they, even, they found out about it at the school performance when their child was called up to play. It's incredible. We have, uh, I'm just giving you examples here. You know, a, a woman, a nurse um, was engaged to be married, had a massive um, aneurysm, um, was left with severe con uh, neurological consequences. Um, at the time, she found out about Simply Music, just thought she would try this, had a very uh, affected movement. Talking to her about her discovery through the journey, and in her words, this was the glue that brought my brain back together. Wow. That's amazing. We started working with, you know, uh, we have, uh, I, I, I had an opportunity to spend some time with a number of students that uh, uh, have been diagnosed with Tourette's, Tourette's syndrome and talking to this nine-year-old girl about what is it like for you to actually live with Tourette's? Mm -hmm. And she said, it's exhausting. I just want to be with my friends. We go to the movie and with Tourette's, there's an involuntary tick, some action behavior or verbalization that occurs spontaneously, involuntarily. Okay. Her tick was verbal, verbal outbursts. Okay. Okay. She would sit in the movie with her friends, holding onto the chair and gritting her teeth for the duration of the movie to stop herself from ticking just so she could feel connected to her friends. That's how difficult it was for her, utterly exhausting. And after the movie, she'd have to go home just to recover from the trauma of that, uh, the physicality of that tension. Yeah, yeah. But to hear her talk and say, now I can sit at the piano for hours and experience no tick. Wow. It's like it's not even there. That's, that's incredible. It is, it is. And so my intention wasn't, how do I create a program for that purpose? It was more a matter of I've created a program that others have discovered accesses the brain in a different way and gives them access to their own musician and musicianship. You know, I'm thinking of this 12-year-old boy, Jules. When I first met him, he was completely nonverbal. Very, very complex for, for uh, children uh, that, are, uh, that have autism and are nonverbal. Parents don't know how to connect with their own children. Yeah. For many parents, it becomes their life quest. I just want to be able to connect with my child. Mm -hmm. And 
I look at this 12 year old boy down here, he's 19, he's um, uh, school now at a performing arts academy in New York and does fundraising concerts in Times Square and plays at elderly uh, care centres. He's, he's just developed this whole comprehensive world of self-expression. It, it's become his voice. And it's also become a, a means of him being able to allow people to know who he is as a result of what he plays. It's an incredible thing. What became important to me a couple of years ago, given that pretty much everything that I've done over the last 25 years, Manoj, is develop content to train teachers how to teach the program. But one, as I was saying before, with people coming online, particularly from developing nations, coming online for the first time, and also given these situations where there are communities that are more impoverished, I thought I need to distill my program into a self-study program film it beautifully, edit it beautifully, provide world-class soundtracks so as soon as students learn how to play a song, they can be playing with the soundtrack that gives them the visceral experience that they're part of the band or the orchestra Mm -hmm. or the ensemble. And I want to create that whole program free, not an upsell, not a marketing thing, free education, world-class education at no cost. And uh, the, the... given the experiences that we've had over the last 20 years where it has been not an orchestrated initiative, but it's been more that parents with children that are dealing with learning differences have come to us. It's been uh, parents with children that have uh, had fetal alcohol syndrome. It's part of me being adults that have had a stroke and have have had now um, reduced mobility that have been able to to discover a new type of connection that's given them freedom in areas or given them a voice in areas that they were never expecting. For me, it's like, well, the best thing that we can do is uh, provide content and be able to uh, make it available. Uh, I was teaching uh, life sentence prisoners in maximum security prison in Australia before I came to the United States. I mean, it, it was utterly humbling. <laughs> it was the, it was a life-altering experience for me to uh, to see these men uh, that that uh, had a, a particular history, a complex history, yeah. uh, that had resulted in, you know, their their life freedoms being removed from them. Suddenly discovering that they have this whole new means of self-expression and this whole new uh, expressive capability. Extraordinary experience. So f- for me, the opportunity now for us to be able to take my program and begin to build and grow our framework of outreach uh, in, into the special circumstance realm as well as de- developing nations, that's that's still very much a new initiative and we are still uh, learning from that and still uh, looking for opportunities to be able to expand our presence. I'm just really proud of the fact that just by making that program available online without I- any comprehensive marketing initiative behind it, without even really getting out and telling the message, just really by turning it on and making it available and to have been able to build a, a global community across 116 countries in such a short period of time. It's only been like a year or a bit over. It's it's just an honour. It's a complete honour. And so, you know, everyone likes to look at these things through their own lens. I like to believe that I'm doing what I was designed to do, what I was born to do. And... Uh, it just suits me to interpret this as this is divine design. So I'm following that path, you know. It's commendable work. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, uh, amazing stuff that you've put out there and I've gone through it so I can vouch for it. Uh, and and the work that you're doing to um, n- not, not 
not just to teach music, but you know the the things you pointed out, going deeper and affecting the brain of of uh, people who are struggling. You know, that's uh, that's commendable work. And um, uh, what what you know, we are uh, almost uh, out of time, but you know, a lot of people are going through similar experiences right now. Like even even in developed countries or you know, everywhere across the globe, economy has economies have been shut down and people are sort of locked in, in into their homes. And uh, I, I think this is a perfect time to sort of go within and 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 um, and uh, feel feel these feelings of uh, you know resonance with music and stuff like that. What will you? What kind of message will you uh, give to people who are who may be struggling uh, to get through this time right now? And and just let me clarify here. What uh, message would I give with regards to? their own struggles or with regards to establishing how, how a relationship they use, how they can use music to um to cope with the with the challenges that life is going to you know life is yes. giving us and then also more challenges are about yes. to come, right yes yes yeah thank you for clarifying that look i think there's two things about it and i can only speak from my worldview I've gone through financial wipeouts, you know, over the, I'm 63 years of age and over my lifetime, I've had plenty of uh, ups and downs and uh, I had a very complex past, uh, my own challenges and I've struggled with um, my own addictions to, you know, food and alcohol and weed and narcotics and, you know, I've gone through complexities. I've never yet, every, every time I've gone through anything that has ever been a breakdown, yeah. a serious, serious problem. And all of the stuff that goes with serious problems, the burden and the weight and the emotions and the psychology, any time I've ever had that happen, every single time without exception, I found a year or two or three years later, I've looked back on that and said, I'm so grateful that that happened. Yeah. And I have had that happen often enough so that whenever I'm faced with complex circumstances, it, it becomes real for me that, look, I know in two or three or five years, I'm going to look back on this right now and I'm actually going to be grateful that this happened. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm not experiencing that now, even though it might look like that now, even though it might feel like that now, I'm going to get on with it. And, you know, it's like when you're going through hell, keep going. Because <laughs> I know what's going to happen at the other end is that I, uh, I have the opportunity to be able to emerge out of that and be grateful for it. That's one thing. The second thing about it is that music can play a very unique role. I think that that if we were to start to look at, at, and see music for what it is, apart from this beautiful fundamental means of human self-expression, it also is something that provides us with critical neurological nutrition. And for, for those of us that take our health and our professions and our lives seriously, and we do all of the things that we think are necessary and assisting us and helping us. I would ask people to treat this as one of your supplements, as one of your workout activities, as one of your means of engagements. If there's time when you read, get into music making, yeah. get into creative musicianship. Don't learn traditionally. We've been there, we've done that. It's served us well, but we are not in that traditional world. This is a new world and this is a music system designed for new world perspectives, attitudes and thinking. I, I'd suggest that, look, the, the most successful way of learning is when you can learn with a, a, a trained educator and you can do that either in person or online. Uh, if you have the time and the resources and the willingness to do that, a, an educator can look at your own learning idiosyncrasies you're learning strengths, you're learning challenges and completely customise the experience and tailor that experience to you, that's the best way. Mm -hmm. Second best way would be 
to work with the self-study program and even connect with the teacher for occasional coaching when you've got questions or come up against a hurdle. But if you can't do any of that, it doesn't matter. Get the free self-study program and just begin and just think of it as being uh, nutrition. Awesome. That's It'll great. give you the opportunity to explore your own patience and and uh, self-compassion, you know. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge and your experience going so deep into, uh, you know, the this wonderful thing uh, that music uh, that has been a part of our lives uh, since uh, humanity began. So thank you so much. And now, before I let you go, how can people reach out to you? How can they enroll into the free program? Can you give us a little bit more information on that? Well, my, my company is Simply Music, so simplymusic.com. Um, that's really a landing page that will sort of take you to the main arenas of our company, which is either, you know, becoming a teacher. This program completely transforms who's capable of teaching music. You can find out about learning music with a teacher or you can find out about the self-study program. That will take you to the website. And, of course, any, if anyone wants any input or any support, you can, you know, I'm accessible and more at simplymusic.com. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Great to see you today, Manoj. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Same here. Thank you. All the best. That's all for now. Until next time. If you want to realize your full potential, I invite you to join our community. We support and help each other out because no one has to do it alone. Join us today by navigating to bootstrapping.group. The community is free to join, no strings attached except for one. You have to take action. So if you are an action taker, we want to talk to you. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. If you want more insightful interviews with industry leaders, then check out these other videos we have picked for you right here and subscribe now to get our new content.